0: You're listening to Search for Truth, your Bible teaching program with Brian Johnston. We're continuing to study the Bible book of Daniel again this week, and if you're following the series you'll know that Brian draws relevant teaching for today from the events that surround Daniel and other characters in the book. Today Brian takes a closer look at King Nebuchadnezzar and how God dealt with him in his proud attitude and the part Daniel played in God's plans. It makes interesting reading. And if you want to follow, Brian will be taking us through chapter four of Daniel today. So let's join Brian now. Thanks, John. The Apostle Paul
1: wrote telling Timothy by the Spirit of God that he should instruct those in the Church of God at Ephesus to pray for all people, including those in the highest offices of the land in which they lived, as well as all who exercised political power over them, regardless of how legitimate or otherwise it was. He didn't require them in other words to run their prayers through any kind of political censorship. Recently I was in a country that had democratically elected its new president. Shockingly he'd previously joked about the rape and murder of a female missionary. Now he boasts he'll ignore human rights in the name of justice. Pray that by the sovereign hand of God our brothers and sisters there and all of goodwill may experience the opportunity for godliness and tranquillity. In whatever God permits, we must remember the gospel is unhindered. It's in the fourth chapter of Daniel's book that we have presented to us the life-changing testimony of a colossal leader of empire, the Colossus who was Nebuchadnezzar, perhaps the most powerful world leader who's ever exercised power, Not for nothing does the Bible record God's message to him as declaring that he was the head of gold. The metals representing successor empires would be progressively inferior. This man wasn't democratically elected, and he probably wasn't the sort of ruler you'd expect Christians to vote for anyway. By the way, that's if you believe it's right for Christians to vote. We'll come back to that controversial point. But whether he'd have got your vote or not, God had raised him to the highest office, not only in the land, but in the world. But when he refused to acknowledge the true God, he became positively bestial. It's worth hearing what he's got to say from the top of Daniel chapter 4. Nebuchadnezzar, the king to all the peoples, nations, and men of every language that live in all the earth, may your peace abound it has seemed good to me to declare the signs and wonders which the Most High God has done for me. How great are his signs and how mighty are his wonders! His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at ease in my house and flourishing in my palace. I saw a dream and it made me fearful and these fantasies as I lay in my bed and the visions in my mind kept alarming me So I gave orders to bring into my presence all the wise men of Babylon, that they might make known to me the interpretation of the dream. Then the magicians, the conjurers, the Chaldeans and the diviners came in and I related the dream to them, but they could not make its interpretation known to me. But finally Daniel came in before me, whose name is Belteshazzar, according to the name of my God, and in whom is a spirit of the holy gods.' And I related the dream to him, saying, "'O Belteshazzar, chief of the magicians, "'since I know that a spirit of the holy gods is in you "'and no mystery baffles you, "'tell me the visions of my dream which I have seen "'along with its interpretation. "'Now these were the visions in my mind as I lay in my bed. "'I was looking, and behold, "'there was a tree in the midst of all the earth, "'and its height was great. "'The tree grew large and became strong, "'and its height reached the sky.' and it was visible to the end of the whole earth. Its foliage was beautiful and its fruit abundant, and in it was food for all. The beasts of the field found shade under it, and the birds of the sky dwelt in its branches, and all living creatures fed themselves from it. I was looking in the visions in my mind, as I lay on my bed, and behold an angelic watcher, a holy one, descended from heaven. He shouted out and spoke as follows, Chop down the tree and cut off its branches, strip off its foliage and scatter its fruit. Let the beasts flee from under it and the birds from its branches. Yet leave the stump with its roots in the ground, but with a band of iron and bronze around it, in the new grass of the field. And let him be drenched with the dew of heaven and let him share with the beasts in the grass of the earth. Let his mind be changed from that of a man and let a beast's mind be given to him, and let seven periods of time pass over him. This sentence is by the decree of the angelic watchers, and the decision is a command of the holy ones, in order that the living may know that the Most High is ruler over the realm of mankind, and bestows it on whom he wishes, and sets over it the lowliest of men. This is the dream which I, King Nebuchadnezzar, have seen. Now you, Belteshazzar, Tell me its interpretation, inasmuch as none of the wise men of my kingdom is able to make known to me the interpretation, but you are able, for a spirit of the holy gods is in you. Then Daniel, whose name is Belteshazzar, was appalled for a while, as his thoughts alarmed him. The king responded and said, Belteshazzar, do not let the dream or its interpretation alarm you. Belteshazzar replied, My lord... If only the dream applied to those who hate you and its interpretation to your adversaries. The tree that you saw, which became large and grew strong, whose height reached to the sky and was visible to all the earth, and whose foliage was beautiful and its fruit abundant and in which was food for all, under which the beasts of the field dwelt and in whose branches the birds of the sky lodged, it is you, O king. For you have become great and grown strong And your majesty has become great and reached the sky and your dominion to the end of the earth. In that the king saw an angelic watcher, a holy one, descending from heaven and saying, chop down the tree and destroy it, yet leave the stump with its roots in the ground, but with a band of iron and bronze around it in the new grass of the field, and let him be drenched with the dew of heaven, and let him share with the beasts of the field until seven periods of time pass over him. This is the interpretation, O king, and this is the decree of the Most High which has come upon my Lord the King, that you be driven away from mankind, and your dwelling place be with the beasts of the field, and you be given grass to eat like cattle, and be drenched with the dew of heaven, and seven periods of time will pass over you, until you recognise that the Most High is ruler over the realm of mankind, and bestows it on whomever he wishes.' and in that it was commanded to leave the stump with its roots of the tree, your kingdom will be assured to you after you recognise that it is heaven that rules. Therefore, O king, may my advice be pleasing to you. Break away now from your sins by doing righteousness, and from your iniquities by showing mercy to the poor, in case there may be a prolonging of your prosperity. All this happened to Nebuchadnezzar the king. But through the witness of Daniel, God changed him and brought him to acknowledge the thesis of the entire book of Daniel, that the most high rules in the kingdoms of men. Here it is, in his own words, as we continue his testimony. That's the testimony of Nebuchadnezzar, the great leader of the empire at that time. But at the end of that period, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes towards heaven and my reason returned to me, and I blessed the Most High and praised and honoured him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing, but he does according to his will in the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of earth, and no one can ward off his hand or say to him, What have you done? At that time my reason returned to me, and my majesty and splendour were restored to me for the glory of my kingdom and my counsellors and my nobles began seeking me out. So I was re-established in my sovereignty and surpassing greatness was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise, exalt and honour the King of heaven for all his works are true and his ways just and he is able to humble those who walk in pride. God had raised up the basest of men, and God had also humbled this ruler of men who walked in pride. He was someone with whom God did business, but who, of all God-fearing people, would have voted for this man if they'd had the option, which they didn't have then, of course? The ballot box cannot thwart God's sovereign and, at times to us, inscrutable purposes. In this instance, and in many other sins, we'd likely have cast our vote and found ourselves to be opposing the will of God. Not for nothing do we hear Paul saying in his follow-up letter to Timothy, it's in Second Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4 you'll find this, no soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. And the best soldier of all, was equally emphatic in his reply to Pontius Pilate, which we read about in John chapter 18 and verse 36. Jesus answered Pilate and he said, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would be fighting so that I would not be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm how vital it is that we realise that our citizenship is in heaven. As far as possible, in accordance with biblical commands and principles, we are bound to be subject to earthly rulers. But as the surrounding verses show, after a little thought, God has empowered our political masters with discharging a function which is expressly forbidden to the individual Christian. You'll find these verses in the end of Romans chapter 12 and the beginning of Romans chapter 13. See, these authorities put in place by God, they are authorised by God to carry the sword of justice. And that not in vain, the scripture says, but followers of Christ must not resist evil with evil. So it's not for us personally to become entangled with the political realm, not for us to attempt to second guess God's inscrutable purposes via the ballot box. Pray for our leaders, the Bible says. It says that and it says no more. We're encouraged to relieve needs, but we are not told in the New Testament to campaign for social reforms, certainly not in Peter's first letter. Instead, We are to demonstrate in God's kingdom how subjection to the rule of God over his people promotes joy, peace and power in the Holy Spirit. Now that should be attractive to others in this sad world of war and injustice.
0: If you want to study these talks at a later date there's a reminder of what's been said in the transcript book which is available and it's uh, very helpful and it's free and you can also download many of our books and talks via the internet but the hard copy for this series is available to you by asking for the title Daniel Decoded you can order by email or by post and here's our address Search for Truth Hayes Press The Barn Flaxlands Royal Wootton Bassett, Swindon S N four eight D Y, UK. Our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. Did you know? By looking up www.searchfortruth.org.uk, you'll find our church's main website. And once you're there, you can download some actual programs and their accompanying transcripts, as well as uh, accessing other helpful material. So, unfortunately, that's all we have time for, but it's been great to have your company today, and if you can, do join us next next week for another talk in this series. Uh, But for now, it's very best wishes from our Bible teacher, Brian, studio technician, David, our singers, and me, John. So cheerio, and may God richly bless you.